0: Hi, welcome to the Dreamcatchers. We are sisters and business partners, Marissa Klein-K and Jamie Klein-Stoser. We know a little something about dreaming big. In our day jobs, we run the fashion and media division of our family staffing firm in New York City, Choice Associates. We have built a brand around helping others and good energy. Known in our personal and professional worlds as lightworkers, igniters, and most of all, believers, Jamie and I are not only dreamers, but we are doers, and we hope our energy is contagious. On this podcast, we will be chatting to each other and to some of our favorite dream catchers, the people who inspire us not only about career, but about making magic wherever they go. On What's the Word? We will discuss a word, think community, balance, tenacity, etc. in hopes of motivating our audience to incorporate more of that into their lives. Thanks for joining us. Subscribe now and follow us on social media at Dreamcatchers23 for updates and episodes. Hi, everyone. Welcome back. It's Jamie. Um, I'm so excited to be here today. We are going to be doing our first interview um, as part of a series called What's the Word, which our last interview with Sarah was super successful, and we— kind of identified that we want to do a little bit of a separate piece to our um, dream catchers. And we're super excited to have Tootsie Olan here with us, who, um, for those of you who don't know her yet, who you will, one, but two, she is a local um, choreographer, yogi, fitness pioneer, retreat court curator, life maker. She's my guru. I've talked about her on here like 400 times probably already. Tootsie. Hashtag Tootsie. Um, and so we are going to be interviewing Tootsie today. Thanks, thanks, thanks so much for being uh, here. And when We're we so say excited. local, we mean the New York City metropolitan area. Yeah, that's right. Please. Whoops. Oh, we hear ourselves right. Forgot about that. Okay. So you want to get started, Mars? Yes. Okay. So today's word is tenacity. And we'll come back to that in a minute. Um, so um, to our audience, the word we've thought about— um, Because we really want to pick and choose a focus for all of you to listen to and and take from someone like Tootsie um, her approach, her day-to-day, her use of the word, what the word means to her. And perhaps you can learn something from it and imply, impart it in your own day-to-day life. Um, Let's start from the beginning. Tootsie, what did you want to be when you grew up?
1: I don't know. (laughs) <laughs> uh, I mean, I th- I'm sure in there I've danced ever since I was, like, you know, a little girl. So in there at some point there was dancer. But um, but I think it got – it sh- it shook around a bit and, and as I got older and got, you know, more into academics. And it's definitely not what we were groomed to be in my family. Um, but, uh, you know, related to this tenacity that we'll come back to – I think sometimes what you you're meant to be what you're meant to be. Mm-hmm. You know, whether you you know you kind of you're going along a certain path, um and you could pop off it, but if you're made to do something, you're you're gonna do that, whether you like it or not. Sure. Mm-hmm. You know, and I ask that specifically
0: because when I ask kindergartners, which is something that I also do on the sly, I talk to kindergartners. Um, once or twice a year about what they want to be when they grow up, kindergarten and first grade. There's very few answers from people that actually stick, meaning if I were to come up with some sort of scientific percentage, people at five or six years old very rarely commit to that idea and stick with it, with the exception of teachers and doctors usually really want to do that from an early age sure. especially yeah. teachers and i would say in the medical profession too they people get in that lane and like say it but to say that they want to be a dancer is a very popular thing to say when you're 5 mm-hmm. very popular and i would say that by the time you get to 7 that drops down by the time you get to 9 that drops down so i actually wrote a children's book several years ago about Rosie read it. yes it is it's a piece to read. Um, Rosie Wants to Be a Dancer. Her first one was Rosie Wants to Be a Fireman, but kids change their mind, as do people. So her second one was Rosie Wants to Be a Dancer. And I always think about how you are what I would consider an anomaly, having danced your whole life and actually made not only a professional dancer career a dancing career out of it but a career out of it that has taken you into different pieces of the world professionally mm-hmm. without just being a dancer yeah and because there's so much to being a performance artist sure but to be that much and more is what i think you've created and to mm-hmm. think that you could start doing that at five years old or three years old yeah and stay true to it is pretty damn inspiring pretty tenacious it is tenacious Okay. Ding. There it is. We should make it a drinking game.
1: By the way, for the record, I say (laughs) this every could with my hot hot water and lemon and and your water. And my water.
0: Um, I had said, I I meant to say there's no wrong answer to knowing what you want to be when you grow up. And I I should say this to our our audience that Jamie and I wanted to be 20 different things. Correct. Um, And none of them are wrong. Maybe a few of them were wrong. Okay. So what was your first
1: real job? See, now I feel like I'm, now I'm very linear. Um, my, I think my first real job was being a dance teacher because when you're – I'm sure studios still do it. You're taking, you know, 20 classes a week. It's super expensive. And then you get to be like an assistant. So then you come in early and you are – you know, you assist the 4, the four o'clock 8-year-olds and the 5 o'clock 10-year-olds. And they chip away at your – at like your tuition – so that was probably my my first official, unofficial job. Um, but it certainly didn't feel like one. That was what everyone did. And you when you were old enough and capable capable enough to do it, it was an exciting responsibility. Um, totally lined up with that was Dairy Queen.
0: <laughs> oh, amazing. Yeah. So See,
1: same thing. Dairy Queen. So you Nancy you, you, you batched both. both. I what did you say So you had a side hustle. I so had you a saying? side you hustle had had from school, the school, dance. I'm all side hustles. And Dairy, Dairy, Dairy Queen. Um, and actually, those are pretty much the themes of my life right now, like dance and chocolate ice cream rainbow sprinkles. So I remain very consistent. Very so perfect. consistent. Um,
0: rainbow sprinkles was. By the chocolate? way, I scooped yeah. ice cream as my first job, too. Another thing oh, yeah. we have in common, but at Friendly's so I'm going to go with your you, – you lasted longer at DQ than Jamie lasted at Friendly's. I had a situation at Friendly's. Yeah. <laughs> we'll talk about it a different yeah. day. It's not um, my shining moment. There are are there highlights from your experiences that you still draw on today? Always. I mean – I think, you know, when we're you're in— the perfect in, mixture of the—oh,
1: that's not the right one. McFory it's not, is not. It, it, not, it is a, a blizzard, bro. It is a blizzard. Sorry. Um, and they don't, <laughs> even, they don't even give you the soft-serve chocolate anymore in, in Dairy Queen. It's only vanilla. Anyway, so let's, say, says let's not— says that, too. Yeah. It's very yeah. um, safe. Must, must be cheaper. Stay on topic. But uh, I think—I I am a believer that everything you've done up until this moment informs what you're going to do now and in the future, so can I tell you that, like, you know, when I was giving the peanut buster parfait, look at that. I just grabbed that <laughs> and said that word for, like, two years. Um, when I, you know, am I – Pulling experience from that, not necessarily. But I did, I was a waitress, actually in this area. I was a waitress after I was li- I lived in Spain for a while when I came back and I wanted to make money to move into the city after college. Um, I was a waitress and I was um, like the manager of this very fine restaurant, taught us not to, um, that we shouldn't go over to a table and say, how is everything? That if people have something to say or a complaint, that they'll be sure to find you, but you don't need to ask people or invite them. Um, to tell you how they're doing, and I actually think that's that's one of those things that I um, we might have spoken about. Yeah, like, it's I don't actually great feedback. Story before. It is, and I feel like that is very universal. If you have an issue, if you know, some, people will tell you what they need to tell you. Um, sometimes you just don't need to do that open invitation. Or you can check in. You yeah, can say I hope you're having a nice evening. Yeah, but we but you, you don't, don't have to. High, you you don't have it, to open we talked about it actually at
0: dinner, and because sometimes it gets annoying when they come over like too much, and then they're like filling your water. You just took one sip. So there is, like, a really interesting balance, and I think you can apply that to life. And uh, just- I, I do. Um, I would like for everyone to stop asking. Mm. Yeah. Oh, no. sorry. That's not relevant. <laughs> um, okay. So we still – then I think – see, now you're catching me. You're catching me in my own script. Are you still doing what you thought you wanted to do. So we talked a little bit about how at ver- a very young age you weren't sure. But, like, when – I guess the first part of this question would be when did you decide that you wanted to make dance your career? And inspiring others in fitness, your career.
1: Well, um, so I danced my whole life. You know, people I, – I now, being a mom, I think it's such a gift. It's like a blessing in some way when your child finds something they love, mm-hmm. right, and that they're good at it. Because then you're not dealing with all this, like – you know, there's just there's confidence in it, and there's like security, and there's feeling of home. Like my dance studio was my home. Mm-hmm. You know, some people like when they go to that indoor, you know, the the winter winter indoor like soccer place, like that they feel at home. Um, Did you just
0: come back from there? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I've Marissa been there. Just I drove there and back. It's very from
1: it. nice, but I do not feel at home there. <laughs> Agreed. Um, my son is there right now. Yeah. So to have that um, is amazing. You know, as a kid. But I, I, if you were to tell me then that I was going to be doing this now, at 28 <coughs> um, years old, I would be, I, I would not have believed it. I think one of the this is like to my first point, like my main point is that when, so I danced, but then I was raised in a family where that's not you didn't pursue the arts. Mm-hmm. Um, they were supportive, they're very supportive. but um that you you went to the finest college you could get into, and you could do you could do something else, but ultimately it's about getting great education. And so, in my particular scenario, choosing and and sticking to what I've done was not what I should have been doing. So it took even more um. Chutzpah. Yes, to um, to do it because I – there are many moments I try to veer off.
0: Mm-hmm. And I was
1: like, you know, I should be doing – I know my capabilities are. I shouldn't be doing this. I should be doing X. I should be doing Y. And what I wound up doing is kind of veering off and always coming back to center. Um, and I, I think that will come up when we're talking about our, our word here. Mm-hmm. What do you do now? So now I mean, I, am, I know the answer to this, but yes. Let's share all our rest for our, our listeners. Friends. Correct. Yes. I want you to know, by the way, that um, I'm gonna take a little pause here. This is also full circle for me because I was thinking about this on the way here. Um, I grew up listening like talk radio hmm. was my that was like my life growing up. My parent and mom always listened to NPR, is what I was like raised on. Us too. No, and, just kidding. Um, <laughs> We Sorry, were watching Seinfeld. <laughs> yeah. Um, but we were in, we'd be in the car, and my mom did not, like, driving the carpool. Like, she, you know, we had all these different ways for me to get to dance because it was all the time. There were three kids. Um, and so there would always be some sort of talk radio on there. And then my dad, who had these really long hours because he was, like, a an accountant, so tax season, who'd pick me up at, like, 10 o'clock from the dance studio. And I would come into, like, this really warm car, like, coming from the dance studio. And he'd also have this on. I Anyway, I digress. Yeah. Um, most question. <laughs> what do you do now? What do you do? Right. Tell our listeners what I do. Digress. So I besides am listen to a, NPR, um, I listen to NPR, and mm-hmm. I am a, a choreographer. I'm a yogi, um, which is a someone who teaches yoga, or I am somebody who teaches yoga. Um, I have been in the fitness industry and have been a fitness leader and pioneer for probably a good solid 20 years, based out of New York City. I created a dance class that is my signature dance class that has pretty much stayed consistent in what it is um, for, again, probably about 20 years. And it is a class that is is my vessel, is everything. Mm-hmm. It's where people could come in and they try for the first time and everyone says the same thing, that they have two left feet and they have never danced before and it looks like fun but they have no idea. Or it's somebody who is currently on Broadway, or is currently, you know, dancing in some in some tour, or is off season the Rockets and in this room, based out of New York City, it's now here as well, more local. But um, is it's magic? It's just people. It's um, it is a class where you let go entirely and just take yourself to the next level of feeling incredible. Mm-hmm. I'm very biased. Um, but that's right. So that is, I teach that class. I then went into the yoga world, and then ultimately, I decided I want to take everything that makes me feel great, and makes the people in the class that I am leading feel great. And what could I do with that? How could I expand that and make it an even more um, comprehensive experience? So that's my really terrible elevator pitch. That I have to work on.
0: No, it's pretty good. Mm. Well, I mean, I'm I'm a subscriber. Mm. I'm also the one that has the two left feet. I am not on Broadway, but I'm closer, I guess, to that so than closer. the yeah. left <laughs> feet. Sing Broadway tunes, that. <laughs> yes, we are the extreme. Um, we, we are, are your good, extreme audience. We are a good example of yes. your extreme audience. As somebody that grew up dancing and take your class religiously for I think nine years now, and Marissa, who was resistant for many years. In fact, you came with me once, and you're like, yeah. "This is not for me. I couldn't I do, do it." Remember?
1: Um, you know why? Because everything. I was
0: cr- incredibly. And it actually speaks volumes to where I'm at in my life. I was well, incredibly self aware. And want I didn't come. want to come because, in all fairness, Jamie's thing was dance. And I was so self conscious that I sucked at it. And there were mirrors, and it was like her special place. And she had like her little people and her friends, and she had a routine. And I didn't, and she's very inclusive, and I don't like a lot of attention, and we're very similar, but very different. And, you know, I knew she would come and hoot and holler and, like, egg me on, and I would just feel like such an idiot when I couldn't do it. And sure enough, I couldn't do it. I felt like a step class, which it's so not even close to being like that, but it's how it made me feel that Mm -hmm. first time. And it had nothing to do with the dance because I remember saying the music was great. Tootsie was great. The class was fun. I just felt like like I couldn't get out of my own head, Mm -hmm. which speaks volumes as to where I am 12 – 12-plus years later because I, I have the good fortune – is it 12 years? It's probably – no, 10. I think I started taking her 10. class like 10 years ago. I have the good time. fortune of knowing you for that long where I'm going now regularly after not being part of that – I mean, I've been friends with you for that long, but I haven't been your student for the better half, 90 percent of how long I've known you, which is such an odd thing for me because when I'm in, I'm all in. But the beauty of what you do is you said something today in class, and I will, I will sing your praises. You talked about how it's an, a, a place to be able to quiet your mind. And I think all of us are on this incredible journey right now trying to figure out how to do it all and to quiet the noise. And I will say that something that is consistent for me, I've always lived a very noisy life. And the only things that ever really made a a quiet difference for me was something that I could escape mentally. Mm -hmm. Um, And I was straight as an arrow, so I never escaped with anything else. But I would escape in a book. I loved going to the movies. I would read in my tree in my front yard, like, consistently. I wrote book reviews. I was the biggest book nerd ever. and. In addition to that, I loved doing arts and crafts. So, like, if I could get lost in an arts and crafts project, that's what I would do. And then through fitness, anything that shut my mind off from the outside world is what I loved. Yeah. And it's a struggle to find that. And now, ten years later, your room is the only place I can shut up this stupid, crazy freight train of a mind. Mm. And you have an ability – of taking people that are as frenetic as me and quieting us down in like a warm fluffy robe which is actually a sweaty hot mess mm-hmm. and <laughs> it feel amazing after and then frankly I just go right back into the frenetic but I'm doing it in a way that feels just as if I've gotten like a a dose of you can do it everything's okay no big deal right you know cloak so to speak, and that's that's the true answer. So now I don't give it. You know what? Um,
1: it's I'd also helpful emphasis. that where
0: we take class now at Poe has no mirrors. True, but I don't care. I don't care. But it I is don't, helpful to but people. But I legit they have gotten think to the point about where I could care less if I have. I make the jokes in front of the whole class. I mean, I'm always I'm, I'm joking around all the time, and I, I literally just could care less. Couldn't care less. Never know if it's could or couldn't. By the way, um, you could I also, care less. It means if it, you're I here and you actually could care less. I also it's do not. Couldn't. I also do not know how to spell restaurant. That's trivia. Anyone that can remember that <laughs> is trivia for me. you. Should,
1: like, add you I can't you spell it. Just don't say. No,
0: I would like to go for dinner somewhere. Um, but I couldn't care less if I get the steps or not. And the best part is, I usually get it. By the way, this is like a huge public service Tangent. announcement for Tootsie. But, but I get the the, the steps probably like. The last four segments of the class, or like the last four, like four to ten minutes of us doing the routine, and there is nothing more fucking, excuse me, exhilarating <laughs> than when I get it. It's a when I get it. Right? It's like I spend my life in my career. I cannot check any boxes in anything I do because everything that we do is a beginning and a middle with very little end. Mm. When I can get that routine, it's as if I've eaten 1,000 chocolate bars. When I got And I got it today, and I was like, that's right. Did you see me spin? And it's so amazing. And I don't even care. I don't care if I get it wrong the whole time. By I just way, look forward to when I get it right. This exact sentiment is how I feel about your yoga class. Mm. Because for me, the dance class comes naturally. It's what I've always done. It's who I am. None of it is daunting to me. but and yoga, that's where you and
1: you feel more yeah, comfortable. Yes, I feel more comfortable. And Marissa,
0: to chime in, was more comfortable in yoga. I mean, yoga. it's not like I can sit with nose to knee that long for that, you know, elegantly. Right. But I can get into moving. Which is moving. not the point. No, it's Correct. not the point. I can get into moving meditation a lot easier because I'm not trying to figure out how to move my body parts. Yeah. All I know is that when I went in my headstand the other day, I Tootsie noticed. I saw it. Thank you. It's so not you it all the way up. I, saw the I did. I did. I I oh, toe I
1: bound. Well, Ming, but, he's a busy yogi. Gets the it.
0: growth, the growth that happens in a fitness room, especially in our generation of where we are in our lives or our chapters. It translates, because what else do we really get to do for ourselves? Absolutely. And by the way, sometimes that's your only hour the entire day that's for you. And it's very difficult for me for a long time, which is why I didn't like yoga. And the only reason I found yoga was because of you, because I've tried it and I didn't like it. And I was going to Tulum with Tootsie, and I wanted to get a couple in before I got there because I would have been lost in the sauce. And... I always had a lot of trouble quieting my mind. The exact same thing. I was, you know, picking dust off my yoga mat. I'm thinking about how my foot's slipping. I need a pedicure. Like I couldn't connect, and you know, I think that it, a lot of it is the moving meditation for me now, and it's the stage of the life that Lisa I'm. It also in, doesn't hurt that like, she plays great music. It's like tasting sushi for the first time. No one likes sushi the first time they. Yeah, you just got to get Anyone give that everything says they they did is lying.
1: Well, I think for all you know, the the yoga dance piece. Um, You know, dance was always, I've always loved to dance. That was like a a given for me. But loving to dance and being even a good dancer has nothing to do with being a good teacher. It's like Mm -hmm. anything. And for me, um, I actually totally disagree with that idiom or that saying that, you know, once you can't do, you teach. I, I, I think that's totally wrong. I think that when you really love something, for me, teaching it, and helping other people get closer to where you are, like, I love it. I mean, if it, I think it's abundantly apparent when I'm in front of the room. Um, I could have a terrible day or just walk in there not in the mood. It's not even like a bad day. It's just sometimes you're like, you're cold, you're tired. I'm a mother. I have kids who are wonderful most of the time, but other times are not. It's life. And within 70 minutes, I look up and I'm like, I am so lucky mm-hmm. because you get to move your body which you know release the endorphins and the dopamine and you're teaching other people to come to that same high mm-hmm. so being in that so I came to a place where like you know I was auditioning and I was choreographing I was doing all these different things but I kept on teaching and then more and more because it's not it's it's not um, it's there are many things you could do that would be um, better for a variety of reasons Um Lucrative. It's not as lucrative as some other things I could have been doing at the time, including not doing anything with dance. Um, the timing's terrible. Like, as a mom, like, teaching at night in New York City is not ideal. It was great when I was 25. I'm no longer 25. You're not? Um, mm-hmm. By, like, two yeah. years. Don't say. Um, <laughs> so, um, the – like, you know, there are many reasons why I shouldn't have chose to do it, but I am pulled to do it over and over. And to that yoga and dance point – um, I mean, you – I think both both you guys know this, the kind of story or where it came from. But, you know, dancing and, and the euphoria and the craziness in my dance class is one thing. But my – when I, I moved from the city out and yoga um, – and my dad was diagnosed with terminal cancer. And um, I wound up and I needed to continue with my life, right? You know, you can't stop your life. So you put on a brave face for your kids and, your, and the people that you're meeting for the first time in this new town and new life. Um, and I had to show up and teach my really exhilarating, exuberant, off-the-charts energy, high class in New York City. And I wasn't about to tell them what was going on in my life. That's just not how I work. So I walked into – I can't even remember. I really feel like I was um, – I was like sleepwalking. I walked into a yoga class. And before that time, I had never really particularly enjoyed yoga. Um, and I found I could just be. Was it like – was it exciting? They Did give me all of the stuff that dance did? No. But somehow, it gave me the exact opposite in the right dosage. So ultimately, what I found is that I get to this, and I was doing that yoga so that I could like figure out all my stuff and like leave it on the mat, as we say, and then be in a great place to then be real in front of those people in New York City. I wasn't dancing out in New Jersey. You were using it as your therapy to work. It was one hundred percent my therapy on like a like a personal yin yang. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that is what exactly it is now. My dance class is. That euphoria, that excitement, that high, that happy that you leave. And I'm I'm like, that was awesome. Mm -hmm. And the yoga class now is it gets me me, and I think many people to that same high. And the metaphor that I use, the analogy is that both of them get you to the top of the mountain. Dance gets you up like on the north side and yoga gets you up from the south side. Mm. But you get there and you're like, yeah. And it just, it it makes your life that these days, life is hard. Even in the best case scenario, no one gets the past to have a really easy life. Or you do and you think that the small things are hard, you know. Um, But it's about finding the things in your day and your life that make you realize what you're grateful for. Mm -hmm. I think that parlays directly
0: in to the magic word that we chose for today, which is tenacity. And what does it mean to you? I love the word tenacity. Um, Good choice. Such a fancy—it's like such a fancy word, and it, it, rolls, it rolls. But yes, rolls you nice know what? Admittedly, we wanted to say never give up, but that's not one word. <laughs> and right? We were like we're we about are, to launch this amazing, we want a word. We want one word.
1: Um, so ideally, it was, hashtag days. Actually, it is one word. Na- no, never give up. We would be blended yes. with no yeah. space. Um, tenacity. No, it's a great word. Um, I think I was kind of saying this in the beginning that. So one would think that if you have tenacity, you need to keep going for it. And I think to a certain degree, um, well clearly, to a certain degree, I keep going for it. and I can't even say in the past, because I'm going for it more now mm. with all of this craze in my life than I ever have. Mm-hmm. Um, which is the purest uh, which, which takes like that word tenacity" to an even more pure place, because it's not like, you, know to be tenacious in a vacuum. It's easy to choose it, right? Like when you have, I mean, the example that I'm thinking about is like kids versus no kids. There's, and it's like when you're 20-something and you don't have kids, you get to, your time is your own, right? Mm -hmm. You get to choose. The minute your time becomes less your own, you have to figure out what you're doing with your time that is your own. Mm -hmm. So if you're choosing something that is not easy, hells yeah, you have to be tenacious and you have to go after it. Um, But to that point... And what I was, I think, saying a little earlier, or what I was thinking earlier, if I didn't say it, is that if you are, if you have something in your life that is so important, it has you. Mm -hmm. So I am tenacious with what I want and what I do and what I want to create for people. And I'm tenacious about holding space. But in my yoga class, I want people to come in and have an experience and walk out. And in my dance class, I want people to come in and hold space for people to have an experience and walk out. And on my retreats, I work my ass off to find something that is an experience, and they come in, and I hold space for them to do and find what they need to find, and they leave. It's like being a vessel. So to be who chooses – I mean, I have this, like, great education that my parents worked their asses off for. You know, it was – my dad, I remember saying, I remember my mom being on the phone or being in my kitchen, and I was asking my dad about, um, about financial aid. And I was the third, that, you know, the third kid of three kids. And my dad, who was an accountant and tax attorney, said, we are too rich to be poor and too poor to be rich. Which basically means we had to pay I rem- for my education I remember that, yeah. Yep, same. Um, and then to graduate four years of Cornell of clinical psychology and be like, I'm going to be a dancer, Mm-hmm. <laughs> they were very supportive. And I'm going to go live in a foreign country for a year while I kind of figure this out. But um, it's, I'm not choosing, like, the path that – I'm choosing a path that I know is hard. Mm-hmm. Your body. It's taxing your body. I am my own – as I say to my kids, I am my own boss. I could get up and I could, you know, kick up my feet and turn on the television, which I barely know how to work, and um, and just do nothing all day because no one's – holding. I don't have to do anything. I don't need to – I, I don't, no one is telling me I need to be someplace. Every single thing that I have done in my life, I've created. And I'm really proud of that. Mm-hmm. Part of that, I think, is because what I love to do has its grip on me so strongly that even on those, in those moments and in those years when I was like, you know what, I'm going to try television production because I really want to learn that world. And, um, and that I think that, that that's kind of a little bit more cerebral. And, and I did that for a while. And then I, I'm It's being hard, hard when you don't watch TV though.
0: It is hard <laughs> yeah. to watch television.
1: At that time I did watch TV yeah. a little bit. Um but I that turn like, around. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. We love PBS. I watch a lot of PBS actually. Not even watch PBS. Um, but little by little I would turn around and I'd be like, look at that. I'm I'm choreographing again. Or mm-hmm. I've added three more classes to my schedule that are now like Saturday morning, Saturday late morning, and Saturday night. Every moment is about it finding me as much as me being tenacious about
0: what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the next part that we're supposed to insert, I feel like you've covered, so I'd I'd like to just kind of translate a little bit and to translate your language, which actually matches my language, is, you know, I believe in everything that I've done in my career is trying to get people to be their best self. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if I really recognized that that's what I was doing until recently, and Because I'm not sure you know that that's what you're doing or what you're setting out to do in your 20s. And I think you're so busy in your 30s that you're lucky that you put a shoe on correctly. Mm-hmm. And you know now I have the wisdom of age and time where I can say, wait a minute, I think that my position in life is that I'm supposed to make people be their best selves. And I believe in this thought process in every capacity where, like, I call it a light worker. But when you're describing that that light of dance and, and, and coming to others and inspiring others is exactly that. I mean, a definition, if you look up a definition of a light worker, it can be something ex- extremely more, uh, much more spiritual, but which I am as well. But in in my opinion, if you can ignite light because you've lit yourself – the, the, the saying in yoga, by the way, and this is not lost on me, is the light in me honors the light in you. We all have something. Mm-hmm. That we are meant to give. Now, granted, we may be blessed to be, get, be able to give a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm sitting here as a counselor for so many years with no doctorate, but just a counselor in people.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, I mean, it's not lost on me that you went to Cornell and had this tenacity and wanted to follow in your family's footsteps, right, mm-hmm. of, you know, trade or, or accountant or whatever, more traditional. But you have a degree in clinical psychology and here you are creating capsules of people to find boundaried space so that they can find joy. Mm-hmm. So now, granted, when you were in school, that wasn't something we took in a class. Right. But today, we live in a life where having a degree in clinical psychology and applying it to choreography and dance and teaching, it's actually not that far off. Totally agree. And that's exactly similar situation to me in our, in our journey and why I found HR and recruitment is because... I was thinking about going to back to school to become a school sch- psychologist mm-hmm. because all I wanted to do was help people. People started at a, at a wherever I was working and I wanted to train them and I wanted to sit with them and help them understand so that they felt comfortable. I wanted to show them around, I wanted to tell them where the good salad place was and that kind of soul searching which I've talked about on this podcast before was what led me to HR and recruitment which is really you know a, being a life coach in a lot of ways and helping others and turning their lights on and making people calm and happy and spreading joy in a, a more professional sense. Um, and I love the word light worker. Obviously, that's something that we've kind of incorporated here because that's what we find joy in doing every day is turning somebody's light on. Like, there's no better feeling for me professionally then when i'm having a conversation with somebody about their resume say and i say have you ever thought about doing this or have you ever thought about doing you know writing it's that thank a, you note know, and all an of aha a sudden moment. they're like oh yeah like kind an of aha like moment. when i got the steps this morning
1: yeah there's well, something really rewarding about coming out of the dark well i think there's also some, that also well first of all you're both connectors you know like there are people who just enjoy um, being with people and not I mean, I I will. I love people. I also love to not ever see a person. Um, But (laughs) it's called an introverted extrovert. Yes, um, I think. I'm actually an extrovert and introvert. Is that um, that's right? When you listen to people, Mm -hmm. you know, part of it is that we don't often, we don't necessarily always listen to people. So when you're somebody who is listening to somebody, and you're really listening. You have the ability to tease away and say, "Hey, did you think about why? Did, you know, why don't you think about going into X instead of Y?" It's so—it's such a great feeling to know that you're heard. So that person that you're talking to, mm-hmm. is like not, you get me, I yeah. Guess. Like yep. you listen yes. to what I'm saying and what what I think I like, and then you you heard it and you're responding like that. very simple yes. connection. I think is lost, um, not entirely, but but. I mean, it is. You know, what are we doing these days? Uh, I mean, between the three of us, we make people cry left and right. Yeah. I mean, I have—I
0: offer a safe place. There's not a person that doesn't walk into my office that doesn't end up bawling in a good way mm-hmm. when they've left. In which, some way, in, in fact, some way. Yesterday, we interviewed a, f- a bunch of people. Yeah. And um, oh no, if she hears this, she'll know I'm mentioning her. But I didn't mean just you. Um, no, but in general, we make people cry all the time, just because yes. like they yeah. have it's this because they aha have a moment. place to be able to actually say what they feel. Yeah. Um, and in your class, I think it's not necessarily vocal, but it's it's letting go of something that they're feeling, or it's the joy that they got it, or it's for me a lot of the time in yoga when I cry at the end, it's I'm just so proud of myself for being yes, there and getting through yes, it, yes. and I'm like I can't believe I just did that. By, it was and by the so way, hard. it's okay to feel. Yeah, that's and, something else we're and all told not to feel all the time. How
1: and often— And you always know what
0: to play. I mean, then you play shallow and I lost my mind.
1: Yeah. Well, that's, you know, <laughs> music is important. But I think that um, how often, when you're a kid, you have your parents there, hopefully, um, that are saying like, oh, I'm so proud of you. That was a great game. Or I'm so proud of you. You got an A-minus on that. When you're an adult, to find place in your life and for you to say to yourself—I say it in front of my kids all the time because I want them to know that that should be from now until you're no longer here— to say, I'm really proud of myself. And I say it all the time to my kids. I mean, I also say the opposite, which is like, oh, I totally messed up. But, um, but I will say, like, I just did this. I'm really proud of myself. Mm-hmm. And so to be in class, and I, to, a big thing for me, I, you know, I think both you guys know, neither of my classes are easy. Um, and I think that we do this super lame thing these days where we um, underestimate people. I don't care who you are. You come into my class, and I will listen to you tell me that you have two left feet, and you, you know, and you've never seen anybody as unfit, as uncoordinated. As I'll listen to you, but the truth is, I don't care because I've heard this a thousand times before. <laughs> and you're going to be just fine. And you're going to be fine. And you need to raise the bar for yourself. And it's so the same thing with yoga. I love yoga because it kicks my ass every time, yep. no matter what kind of class it is. Whether it mentally gets me into a into a place that is like. I mean, for me, I—that's my agenda. That's my self-narration, where I'm like, "You need to level up." Like, you—I know you're afraid. I mean, I have a whole conversation when I'm in my own yoga when I'm taking yoga class. But my classes, I want to be not only a place to like hold space for people, but to be a place where people are challenged. So when people cry at the end, I think part of it's also being like, "I—that was hard, and mm-hmm. I did it." Mm-hmm. And I won't cater to like that, you know, and I, I think you guys know this in my dance class. As soon as I uh, give something hard or challenging and no one gets it. Most people don't get it. And then I keep going and give something maybe a little bit more challenging and all of a sudden everyone gets what was really challenging mm-hmm. because that's what happens. You, we, we focus and we can't do we can't do it. And, the, and all of that, everything that happens in those rooms, those sweaty, awesome rooms are a metaphor for life. And that's why I think people have a visceral reaction to it if it's, a, you know, if it's a good class. You know, there's a ton of fitness out there that sucks. And I th- well, that's <laughs> true. Um,
0: I've taken all that. But I think what you, can, what you just said, actually, that bit of wisdom of leaning in to what's hard so that you can learn the lesson is very translatable or yeah. something that you can say to the listeners of saying, like, you know what? You might not be close enough to take my dance class, but you can take these lessons – and or. But you
1: can't online soon. Yes. yes. Oh, there Plug it up. Didn't even expect <laughs> to do that. Tootsie li- hashtag Tootsie Live. Um, But all the things oh, that we're talking good. about. I didn't even do that one. That's why I hired her. Yeah.
0: There it is. There it is. <laughs> that's why I love you. You so, love me. we've said a lot of things, but I don't think I've asked you something this specific. Yes. What specifically? It's not easy to be you. It's not easy to lead. It's not easy to take everybody's emotions. It's not easy to look at all these people saying the same things, it's also really not easy to be everyone's guru or person that's going to turn their light on, right? It's a lot of pressure. What inspires you?
1: One, I don't think everybody's guru. I think, and we, I think, discuss this after Tulum. Um, the retreat where, you know, there was, we, there was like 50 people in a retreat in Tulum where we did dance and yoga every day, and it was incredible, it is incredible. Um, I think that... Anyone who is in a place of um, influence, the people who are, who are doing good work for the world—I know this sounds very hokey, but I truly believe it—you're a vessel. You, you, you're there, and you're doing it, and then you move on. Um, I don't think it's like, uh, you know, you're there, people are talking to you, and they think that you're great, and I have zero interest in it. And I think maybe that's why it's easier because I um, I love that people get what they get out of it. Like I, I could think of a bunch of really fun examples. Like there's somebody who took my class for probably seven years in New York City. She was a French teacher. And then she moved out to, um, I don't know, the suburbs because she had a baby and, you know, same same deal. Um, and she had in an email exchange because she was, you know, come back. And she said, I can't tell you how much your class made me a better middle school French teacher. That's what I want. I'm not saying you have to come to class and, like, you're finding the light, and you're quitting your job, <laughs> right. and you're divorcing your husband, and now you're lesbian, which happens sometimes, too. <laughs> but um, but it's just about finding the inspiration in your day and not doing the same thing every day because then the day's over and you never get the day back. We're done with February first, two 2019. So what do you do today? Just make it awesome. So – I that like all of that, you know, that people I mean, it's it's lovely and I appreciate it. And it's not lost to me that like I could play and roll in people's lives. But um for me it's like a very permeable boundary where it's like somebody gets something from it and then they go yep. and are that more incredible version in their lives. Yep. Yep. And I get inspiration from I think you guys sort of know, like the really kind of lame places, great podcasts. I get NPR, NPR. <laughs> um, I mean, podcast world really is a great place to get inspiration. I like smart, powerful, humble, interesting, engaged people, and I find those people, and I just kind of wind up being a bystander. And you meet them in the most amazing places, the most amazing places, even if they're like your you know friends and family. I love having students. Like one of the joys of the whole thing. Is you get to dig in with people, and you get to, you know, learn about people, and then you find out why they're so inspirational. Like that's the connection. That's the whole. That's what this whole, whole gig is about, right? Yeah. Um, and I cry think a that's bit. I don't know why. And that's I mean, <laughs> because as far as, like we're the examples that she's yeah. talking about. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. that's yeah. what like these. I mean, the kids or people who are trying to find something that's meaningful, whether it's in a job, right? Um, I don't think you necessarily need to find your calling in your job. I think you're really lucky if you do. But I think that you could have – I mean, I said this. I remember saying this in my New York City class. Um, I am an oncologist. And after, like, you know, being in these meetings, like these doctor meetings when my dad was very ill, I, like, kicked myself one time. And I was like, I can't believe – like, why didn't I do that? Why didn't I go into something that really, literally saves lives? Um. Because – and that was never – that wasn't really an option for me. Like that was not something I wanted to do. Um, They had me at organic camp. I wouldn't have even made it for the first first class. I'm out. (laughs) I don't have the discipline. Um, But you can do something and then you could find what lights you up. If it's not necessarily – and maybe it is in that – in the OR. Um, But you find something that lights you up outside of there. So if you're somebody who's trying to pursue a job, you know, outside and you are getting your you know, everyone their mother is now becoming a yoga teacher or at least getting certified to be one, maybe and then there are a lot of people like that doesn't really like I, I like being a yoga student, but I don't really love being in front of the room. Great. So now you found something that kind of lights you up, and now you find the other thing Mm -hmm. that makes your life interesting. You know, it's funny because when we were thinking about your word, one of the things I wanted
0: to give you was community Mm. because I think what you're touching on and not saying and and what I'm hearing is that for me at least for a long time, you know, especially growing up on teams, you know, you're so team-oriented when you're young or it's your class or you have an identity that's a community that you're part of. And whether that's your religious school or, you know, our neighborhoods now or beach club or who are you and what community do you belong to? And I think for a long time, you know, as somebody that grew up as a dancer in my home studio was my home or my community, to be able to find something that if it's not at work Mm -hmm. that you're able to be a part of that gives you pure joy. You know, and for a long time in your 20s, you're like, I want to volunteer and, like, maybe teach art to kids. Or there were so many years of me trying to find what that was and volunteering in different environments and taking every exercise class in the book. But when you got to a point where you found a community, and for me it was via exercise, but it doesn't have to be for anyone. But I think the message is that if you can't find it at work, um, find it somewhere else. Yeah, Just find your place. And for me, it was always your class. But, like... It, it can be anywhere, and I'm just it gives me so much joy that it's my sister's place now, too. Like, I can't even begin to explain that to you guys, but it's just— I said I was late to the party when I showed up, and now all my friends, too. It's, like, amazing. I'm like, my communities are overlapping. I have, like, 40 communities in this room. It's amazing for me. So I just think that that's an important lesson yeah. that you teach and that you guys supports, are talking it about. It also supports your vibe, attracts your tribe. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. not a coincidence that you we just all need a live good and squad. communicate and are in the same spot. I mean, maybe because Jamie stalked you, but um, <laughs> I love sorry. stalkers. <laughs> sorry, um, but you know, I think your vibe and attracts your tribe. And 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 the truth is, is if, if you if you can be your best self at work, just bringing it back to what we do all here, what we're doing here. If you can bring your best self to work, and you 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 can't find that emotional connection in what you're doing. If you can find emotional connection outside of your job, and this is very – and if if the listeners – if any listener is listening and you're in your 20s, this is extremely difficult for you to do, extremely difficult to do in your 20s. And it's not your fault. It's because you're living your life and you're in a part of life in which you just can't solve those problems right now. It's an awesome part of life. Yes. You it's just need to kind of well, ride any, that wave and know time, that it's going to you know feel what, a little fri- wanderlusty. Any, any free time you have in your 20s, you're with friends, you're drinking, you're out, you're restauranting. And that's just not the reality I'm in anymore. So for me, my joy isn't coming from a Saturday night dinner at a cool restaurant. That used to be my— You don't eat food. Right. Right now I'm not eating any food. But, like, that was, like, a huge (laughs) joy for me back in the day. It was, like, going to the new fun restaurant and being out late. And that's
1: just not joyful anymore. But if that's your joy, then find your joy and do that. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's it's nice to find—it's the doing, but it it is true about the community. It's—you could do nothing— but when you have a community to do nothing with, it's still joyful. Awesome. Yep. So, besides tenacity,
0: well, actually, you know what? Let me ask you this. Do you have a mantra? Uh,
1: meh, I probably have a lot of mantras. Um, I feel like you say a lot of things. I do. But I like you say like, something up, yourself. I think, I think you came it. up with a really good one when we were in Tulum. What live, live, to to live to live? Live to live is a big one, and live to live is a is live to live. I love and I believe. I also think it's important to recognize that living to live is not like every moment. Like, am I is this is this the moment? Okay, what are we doing? Is this are we living this moment? But more, I mean, they're especially again not to blame everything on the kids, but those kids. Um, you don't you're not living the life in every moment. You know, when I am frustrated that my kids forgot their backpack and I have to go back to you know back home there, but it is. Knowing and appreciating that this is it. This is it. And that you're really lucky to have this version. My husband is really good at that. Like, you know, we'll come down from taking a hot shower. My dad was the same way. And be very present to, like, our good fortune and say, you know, X My percent husband of the does world doesn't have a hot shower. He's, he's very tuned in to our good fortune mm-hmm. as, like, first world people. Um, so I think you know that live to live, that's one it might my, for myself is, is get it, is I could I can I could pull up every fear, every block, every reason not to do something because I'm cautious. So I have to, and if I wake up in the middle of the night at 2 am, all of those just rain on me. Why would I ever, right? So I mean, here's an example because I, I released it today. These retreats that are I love them. I can't say enough about them. Like, they are everything that's important to me. They are living life. They're traveling and exposing yourself to new experience. It's my favorite things, which are dance and yoga, but it's moving your body and just appreciating, like, the everyday, right? So they were in Tulum, and That's where they began. They were, there were three retreats there. I could have stopped there. Like, it would have been – it's enough work. I have a lot going on with the projects. But part of me was like, no. I, and we've sort of had this conversation where – that's not the only place in the world, and I want more. And I want, and I selfishly want different kinds of experiences, and I selfishly want to experience them with people who are like minded. Mm-hmm. So what I do, I start, you know, talking to different, like an, another hundred resorts and hotels and boutiques around the world. Well, now you could be a travel agent, and exactly, now you know everywhere. Um, like this and, place um, doesn't have a
0: good sound system. Side hustle. <laughs> yeah, um,
1: <laughs> your seventeenth job. Uh, and. I forgot my whole line thinking. My point is that um I have there are a lot of reservations that I have. No pun intended. <laughs> um, and I have to in the middle Brilliant. of night as they come down and in the morning. We were talking about mantras. Was that helpful? They go get back? it. Yep. Get yep. it. Is get it is just is I mean, I think Nike took just do it, so that's the closest one. Get shit so, done. It? Yeah. Get shit done. Is so my I would think that
0: that would probably translate to your action word for 2019. Then, so it's a mantra and also an action word, and we'll make it words.
1: Get it? My my. my um. Wait. What is my? I do have an action word.
0: Mine was um,
1: patience.
0: Oh. Uh, Mine is not which patience. I have a lot of trouble with yeah, with my kids either. and with just life and mm-hmm. things not going my way. And I've been trying to be more mindful about my patience. Marissa's is clarity. Mm-hmm. We
1: talked about that last time. Do you have one? My, I mean, my word for 2019 when I'm, like, meditating on it is purpose. Mm-hmm. Because for me, and it's, it falls in line with what I was just saying, um, I could find many reasons not to do things. My life is very full. It's very busy. It's a lot of work. But when I remind myself that I have a purpose that is bigger than me, mm-hmm. um, it, it just kind of um, lets everything else fall by the wayside.
0: I love mm. it. So would you say that that would be your superpower? I don't have a superpower. Everyone um, has a superpower.
1: Uh, everybody
0: does. Right, superpower, Ming? Everyone has a superpower, superpower, especially in this room. Superpower,
1: superpower, superpower,
0: superpower. To give you some inspo, sure. which we talked about last time, mine was to make things sparkly. Mm. Make lot other people around me, and you do
1: that very, very well. Thank you, figuratively and, and literally. literally. Yes. Glittery, glittery, yep. just adding a little sparkle. Wait, does literally um, does that? Can you take off the G L and Ooh, become literally? Hashtag
0: literally. That's hard be for literally. me to say. I don't, I don't know if I can say
1: it. Could that, I to that. could that
0: happen? I don't know, but I like
1: it. Okay, we did it glitter-ly. here.
0: Literally. So I make things. I just that was add born a little right here. Born, <laughs> birthed. I, I just, I like to say that I add a little sparkle to everything I do. What was yours you rise, ask, your sport your supervisor?
1: I raised people up. Yep. Mm. That these could be one of yours. yours. I don't know. Could we do another one of these podcasts and I'll come back to you? Yeah. Yes. One? We'll okay.
0: come back to it. Terrific. Is there anything I didn't ask you that I should have?
1: Anything else you want to share with our listeners? I'm super excited for this. I mean, I love podcast. I'm excited for you guys, what I'm saying. Um, podcast world is so awesome, and it's you guys a, have really, a lot to share. I feel like it's like old school. It is little in school. a new school kind well, that's, of way. That's the best stuff. Oh, yeah. everything that's new is actually old. Yes, it's true. Clearly. If you look around You're the right. studio, most of these things are cool because they're old. Yeah, but exactly because <laughs> maybe you we're
0: didn't, just cool because like old. The Golden Girls, no, and of goonies. course. You used to sit around the radio.
1: Right. I mean, our ancestors did. You used to sit around the radio, and you know that's how you Listen got news about people. you know war broke out. And um, and I like it. I think that it is. I mean, watching Ming before when he closed his eyes and he's listening to it, you absorb information differently. It's music than you do visually. Mm-hmm. And visually, there's a lot of and, – and this is actually also goes back to my class. Um, I don't wear a headset. I don't wear the mic because I don't want – you everyone is yelling at us, whether it is, you know, with the audio or with, like, the, the imagery. <laughs> yeah, with, like, you know, the Instagram. And then you have an advertisement. And then you didn't realize you clicked on the advertisement. Now everyone knows that you like that kind of bra. And um, <laughs> and you're just being, like – it's like you're bombarded all the time. So in my classes, I want none of that. I want it all to be – this feeling that you have, like it's your instinct, mm-hmm. and I feel like podcasts bring us back to that because you're listening, you absorb it differently, and the memory of like the conversations you listen to, like the ones I listen to, they're not visual memories, right? They're not like a you don't they're have like, visual. I cutes. heard that, yeah. yeah, and it just kind of settles in a different place. I well, love it's like that. School.
0: Yeah, miss school. Love school. Love school. Yeah, yeah me too. I yeah, love school. I, I mean, too. imagine taking a really good class.
1: I would say this was a
0: very good class tonight. I think tonight. this is a great class tonight. Less sweaty than normal, but yes. very good. Okay, so just quickly, we we decided um, the last time we were here to just end these episodes with some really just offbeat, fun questions to just Not get to know you a little bit better. Um, actually, yeah, right. Oh, my God. <laughs> if we try to remember the routine from I this I could probably morning. do it. I could do it. I could do it. I, Marissa got this part at the very end. It was awesome. Yeah. Um, I'm two, and <laughs> Sorry, I can't count though. If can't. I count to eight, I'm out. Um, uh, what's so, your go-to order at your favorite hometown restaurant? Ugh. And considering we're somewhat
1: local, name the restaurant. Okay. Sorry, I, I should we edit out my my ugh on that. Um, <laughs> I prefer generally. Um, I like very diverse cuisine, and I find it difficult to find diverse cuisine in this area. There's not much other than. Delicious Italian food and some other things. But well, it could be your hometown hometown. It doesn't have to be here. My hometown is no better than this. Fine. Could my hometown be because, like, I'm professionally based in New York City? Could that be my hometown? No. Sure. Fine. Fine. What's the question again? What's, What's your, your favorite, favorite go-to, go-to order? order? Like, what do you, What would you be, yeah, like, I mean, your sushi. ultimate meal? I mean, I, I, mean, I think sushi. that's my— Yeah, that's—I I feel like I'm leaving a lot of people out. But I like sushi. Same. And, um, but I like a good cheesesteak. And that's unexpected. Yeah, I do. And I like, I, you know what? I actually really like, this is a really boring end. Um, I like fish, but I don't like to make it. So anytime I could get like a great, like quality, like piece of fish, I'll do that in a bunch of places. And I really would like there to be like any kind of ethnic food around here. I would be more than happy. There's some. There's like a Indian place. There's like, uh, that's it, a Chinese restaurant. Mm-hmm. True. Is so. True is
0: Chinese, though. It is good Chinese. This mm-hmm. is a good question. So we credit a f- dear friend, Sarah Personette, who will be here in a couple of weeks to interview. I'm so excited to have She'll her. She'll
1: have a much better answer. About uh, this food. <laughs> so we, we had a—I um, uh, went to dinner with
0: her, and she went around the table, and she asked this at a dinner—like, just at a girls' dinner, which I loved. If you could travel anywhere mm. in the world, mm-hmm. this is good for where you. would you go one alone, mm. two with Aaron, mm-hmm. and three with your best friend? Or your sister, somebody else that's, like, in your life. Right, right, right. Um, where would you okay. go alone? Where would you go with your partner? And where would you go with your best friend?
1: Okay. Alone? Alone.
0: By the way, Sarah's answer was home by herself, which I thought was a great answer. Yeah. Last week. Sounds amazing.
1: Yeah. Like, just by
0: yourself like in your no house else. with no one
1: else. I love being alone. I, I, I mean, I think, and I was just saying this probably. And social media, that, like, being, really enjoy being with yourself is so important. Um... I don't know. I like to – I'm eager for the time in my life when I could do really interesting travel. Mm-hmm. Um, it's hard to do when you have kids. Yep. But um, – so I would go alone, more likely with Aaron. Um, my sister was just in India for like 17 days and that – I would love to go there. Um, I was in China with my dad. So that's kind of off the list. Um I don't know the answer to this. I want to I want to travel a lot. You go everywhere. We grew up traveling a lot. And um and I think it's a great thing to expose kids to just knowing again this is all wrapped up knowing that your life experience isn't singular. You know, knowing that connectedness and seeing how lucky you are or seeing how like uninteresting your life is, particularly with all due respect in like that bubble of those kid years where you just need to kind of stay local. Um, you know, local, even just in your world, local. So, um, I, I mean, I would love to go to, like, some nook and cranny of the world and um, kind of explore there. Mm-hmm. And then we'll do a retreat there.
0: Yeah, let's do a retreat. That sounds yeah. great. That yeah. sounds great. I'm in. <laughs> so, one of the things we talk about a lot when we're t- talking to people about where to apply to a job mm. is I came up with it's not it's – not, I didn't trademark it, but I do love it, which is a brand crush. So when I when people are like, I don't even know where to apply, I don't even know where to start, I'll say to them, let's make a list of your brand crushes. Like, where would you, like, dr- what would you, like, dream to work at these, like, five brands? And, like, what's something you're, like, crushing on? Like, something you're really into, whether it's something you follow on social media or you consume yourself. Um, and then, you know, we make that list and they can apply to those jobs. And then you look up, like, the, their, that job's, P- like, that brand's PR agency, their media buying agency, so their... You know, And then all of a sudden you're touching that brand, but from like one layer out. Yeah. And then your list of five becomes 10. And then yeah. your list of 10 becomes 15. And all, you, all of a sudden you have all of these cool places to apply and look to see if they have openings based on your own interests yeah. Yes. versus just like looking on Indeed for anything that says your title. Sure. So we talk about that often. And so it's very important to me as like a branding slash motivator person to identify what gets you going, you know, mm. what brands you're into right now. Is there mm. anything that, like, get, like you just have, like, an obsession with right now? Like, I love, like, Swell Bottle, for example. Right. And Swell Bottle just came out with a cool, like, um, pop top that you can bring it to the gym. Or, like, I have my Yeti here. Like, these right. are things I literally cannot live without right now is, like, my reusable water bottles, like, that I'm crushing on. That it's like such a cool. thing. It could be
1: anything, right? Let's it doesn't have to this. be a
0: brand. With your answer, it will inspire somebody to think about how that's a brand that they could be interested in seeing where they're where based, they're, do right, they have any openings? Well, I will say have. this:
1: like a, something specific doesn't come to mind, but I will say when you're talking, when you're talking about it that way, um, my brand crushes are on those that I feel are really authentic. They're doing something super, super cool. there is so much out there. And as somebody who, like, is building a brand, part (laughs) of—and we've discussed this—part of um, uh, my problem is that I don't want to be just like everything. Is that if I'm not doing something authentically that I feel like I will put my name on this and I'll feel good, I don't want to do it. Mm -hmm. And today, when you're building a brand— There's just, it's, there's so much. Like, there's so much that people are trying to do or trying to do. Is anyone that
0: comes to mind that you just think is doing it right? You know
1: what I gotta say? And this is, um, and maybe it's just because I've been in this headspace for the last couple of weeks. The place where I am, um, this next retreat that I'm doing in New York. Still top secret? Still top secret, not just yet. But um, they, uh, they're doing it right. I love, yeah. They're doing, you know why they're doing it right? Because they, They're doing the exact opposite of everybody else. They are where everybody else is like on social media and putting it here and and inviting all the marketing. They're just doing what they're doing. Like word of mouth. And when you know about it, they're just doing what they're I love the idea of a brand that is doing something real. And then they're doing it so well. And I hope they think this is what I'm doing, that people find out about it. Yeah. That it's not about like hiring the PR agency or hiring the marketing team. Sometimes you need that. And sometimes it's appropriate for a big brand. But if you're doing something real and you're doing something well, that's what I, like, that's what I crush on. Mm-hmm. And I know I'm supreme dork and I own it. <laughs> I really like, for instance, the podcast. Like I, I, I crush on certain books and certain podcasts how I built how this. How I built this. We, we talk Roz. about it all the time, yeah. I have a crush on him. Um, actually, I never wanted to see what he looked like because I well, the, the idea of him. Yeah, you like, his voice.
0: Time. You're like so in love totally. with his voice. Totally. But then I saw
1: I was and he's super cute, but It's still. actually one
0: of our um, inspirations for this podcast because what he's doing yeah. and he's talking to people that have created the brands that are literally our day-to-day brands. Yeah. How did they start? How did they get their funding? How did it just begin? And how do you start something like that? And, and it's, it's a very, fascinating. It's real.
1: So anything there, you know, a lot of um it's hard to get to like that that seed of what is real for a lot of brands these days. So the physical things I don't have like a lot of those. Um I don't know, I'm like a monk. A
0: little bit. No, I like it. Bit. I like it. So I would say that Terry this is very gross,
1: a- fresh air. It's mm-hmm. another crush. Oh fresh
0: air. That's a good crush. Doesn't have to be a brand.
1: Yeah. That is a good crush. No, her the the NPR show Fresh Air, uh, not fresh oh. air. Yeah.
0: But fresh air, I'm pretty pretty crushed. Oh my crush god, fresh
1: air! How embarrassing! We, we don't
0: know NPR. I don't. Oh, no, fresh air! That's lovely. Here's the thing, everyone. You, you I've never heard of fresh air. There it is. It's all
1: right. Said it. <laughs> it's Terry Gross. Um, <laughs> but you know what? And, I've heard of How I yes, Built This, you have, uh, and you I have love have. it. And guess why? And the you know what he told me? That's right. And I and I'm just a huge it's dork. Work. But Terry Well, Gross podcasting
0: wasn't fresh. really on my radar for a long time, and now I'm really into it. I love obviously listening, and now doing it myself. I think it's such a cool thing. I think we wrap by saying thank you for being here. And thank you for having a conversation that started with Dairy Queen chocolate and sprinkles? Mm-hmm. Rainbow, sprinkles. rainbow sprinkles. Rainbow um, sprinkles. And ended with Jamie and I having no clue what you were talking about. <laughs> I think It's a real full circle thing here yeah. that we're dealing with. But it's been such a pleasure having you. Most of this I've known, no,
1: but I loved hearing it anyway. No, I learned some and stuff. I learned nice some new these stuff. Nice and um, yeah, thanks for coming. I love being here. I'm looking forward to all the podcasts. Everyone out there, you can invite me to in your podcast too, don't you worry. Um, <laughs> no, because this excited. is authentic and real for you, right? Yeah, this it feels great. nice. Yeah, yeah. It does feel nice.
0: It does feel nice. It's, it's nice. nice
1: to thank you, to Ming.
0: Speak your truth. Thank you, Ming. Ming created a place for us all to be yeah, able to do great. our thing. Much yeah. love. Much thanks love Thanks everybody. All right. Thanks so much, guys.